Hi, this is Tony at Cover Magazine. I'm speaking to David Herford, the CEO at Fairheads Benefit Services. Thank you very much for your time this morning, David. Thank you, Tony. Thank you for having me. Great. We're talking about an interesting concept, um, the the trust concept. And um, I mean, trusts have been around for a very long time. And many of the financial advisors, or most of them, will be either very well versed in how trusts work or at least have a reasonable understanding. However, when it comes to umbrella trusts, I think it's a bit different. I don't think that is fully understood yet. And um, so maybe you can just um, unpack for us a little bit the difference between umbrella trusts and um, uh, normal trusts. Yeah, thanks, Tony. I think that uh, you're absolutely right. Um, most financial planners, uh, estate planners would have a fairly good idea about what some of the benefits of a trust are uh, in, in the planning process. Um, unfortunately, I think that often, um, certainly the states that are uh, not large don't necessarily benefit from trusts because they can sometimes be a little bit out of reach of uh, of the everyday man, the middle market. Um, and so an umbrella trust has been designed specifically to cater for cases where we have a, 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 a relatively smaller estate, but which can be, um, participate in a, a vehicle where uh, multiple and unrelated beneficiaries of a trust can participate in the same trust deed and share some of the costs and, set, and share some of the benefits that flow from that uh, those economies of scale. So the, the, the key difference between the two really is the, the, um, the, the fact that an umbrella trust uses a single deed for multiple and unrelated beneficiaries who participate in that deed, whereas a standalone trust or a, a typical trust would be something which is is designed specifically for a particular family family or for a particular uh, set of beneficiaries. Mm -hmm. Now, what are the actual benefits of the umbrella trust that would differentiate it from a normal trust? Well, look, I think that there are some some very very important things to think about in terms of the the trust world, um, and and so in answering your question, perhaps. The best place to, way to do that is to is to talk a little bit about the drawbacks of trusts and why trusts sometimes don't get used where perhaps they should be. Um, trusts can be quite an expensive and complex uh, um, vehicle to set up and to run, um, and that's because you 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 need the expertise you need um, to be able to administer it properly. You need to have um, the the um, the setup, the, the 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 structures in place to be able to administer a trust correctly, because after all, you're looking after the assets of another person. Um, you're acting on behalf of somebody else as a trustee, and so the costs of a trust can be quite significant. Um, where an umbrella trust is is it plays a, a really important role is 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 primarily in that cost space, um, and it's because multiple beneficiaries are sharing in a, in a single deed, the costs of setting up and structuring that trust can be shared amongst all of the beneficiaries in the, in, in the trust. And that's quite an important point because um, you're then able to secure far greater levels of um, system capability of experience from independent and professional trustees, and you're able to lift that burden from some of the planners, planners that are out there that are running these these trusts, um, but really are not able to 
to, to devote the, the sort of time and effort that their fiduciary duties require it. And so, so I think that that really um, sort of outlines why an umbrella trust might suit um, the the um, particularly the middle market where where they don't have the the sort of size of estate which would justify spending all that money on a, on setting up a trust. Mm-hmm. So if you're a financial advisor or an estate planner um, and you get to evaluating um, the use of a trust, are there some sort of guidelines as to when you would use a, a freestanding trust or when you would use an umbrella trust? Yeah, absolutely. I think that the key again comes back to, um, you know, matching the the product solution to the need uh, and where a trust is required, looking at whether or not that individual or that structure needs to have a standalone trust. Um, and so, for example, where you need a whole range of bespoke and complex um, requirements within a, within the trust structure, um, you know, um, different different types of vest conditions, different types of asset holdings, a, tr- a standalone trust might might suit. Um, where if if you're looking at a fairly simple um, situation where assets need to be held on behalf of, for example, a minor beneficiary or a disabled beneficiary. Um, and those that beneficiary is simply going to need, you know, a regular income stream, the ability to request that the trustees pay capital where there are emergencies that need to be dealt with. Um, you know, a, a, an umbrella trust might be better suited. So really, it's about deciding how complex you need to be. Obviously, within a, an umbrella deed, um, you need to 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 be cognizant of the fact that you are sharing in a deed with multiple other beneficiaries. Now, while the benefit is separately accounted for for each beneficiary, um, the deed needs to be drafted in such a way that it can accommodate all of those beneficiaries' needs. And so it doesn't take into account high levels of differentiation of need between those beneficiaries. So I think that that's quite key. You know, the the issue of costs versus the issue of complexity within the actual needs of uh, of, of the client. Mm-hmm. Um, those are some of the main things that would need to be considered when choosing ver- uh, between a trust, a standalone trust, and an umbrella and an umbrella lead. And that's obviously where Theridge would then come in as um, sort of the the um, assistant to the financial planner or the <laughs> estate planner to make those decisions and to decide Absolutely. how to do this. Absolutely, yes. Look, I mean, Fairheads has been around for over 100 years. In fact, we started our, our business um, in the trust and fiduciary space and the high net worth individual space. And, and more recently, since the 80s, when we developed the idea of this umbrella trust environment, um, we've, we've moved into the sort of the higher volume, lower value space, um, which is particularly appealing to sort of the middle income market, um, estates of sort of below one and a half million rand. Um, and, and our ability to administer benefits um, for, for that size uh, or for, for that cohort, cohort um, in a cost-effective way is really what, what, what we're about. So we administer large, large numbers of, um, of, of, of trust beneficiaries, and we have over 100,000 beneficiaries in our, under our care. And so our systems and our, our, our experience in, in, in managing for that large group of people um, you know, is, is what sets us apart. Yeah, so, I mean, I 
for my sins, when I was still in the corporate environment, I used to advise on trust as part of my legal advisor duties. And I know that the pitfalls are everywhere in terms of making sure that you set it up correctly, etc. So I would, from my perspective, not advise anybody to to set up trusts without at least getting some sort of, a, sort of advice. Doesn't matter how well versed you are. Hundred uh, percent, and I think that that's that's the uh, one of the key things which uh, which which the financial planners and fairheads can work hand in hand to 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 deliver a, a good outcome. Um, I think that the the you know our fairheads doesn't provide advice. That's not our our, um, our expertise, and so yeah. we rely on um, our, on 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 the financial planning industry to properly advise their clients. Um, you know they're the experts, and they need to look at whether or not this product does suit that need. Um, yeah. You know there are all sorts of pitfalls, and and we get approached uh, very often to to by 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 um you know the man in the street saying look we'd like to set up a trust can we come along to fairheads and and unfortunately our answer is no you 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 really do need to go and see uh, a professional advisor that's going to determine whether or not this is the right product for you um and only once you've done that can we can we look at at setting up that trust because the last thing we would want to do is to put you into a product that doesn't suit your needs um we know that there are uh, all sorts of tax issues, all sorts of uh, related issues that, that that come with trusts that need to be well thought through, and I think that that's where planners um, really do do um, add so much value to this to this space. Mm, absolutely, David. Thank you so much. It was um, great chatting to you, and indeed um, a good option for financial advisors, especially in today's uncertain environment, to evaluate the use of a trust. Thank you, Tony. Thanks Thank for having you. us today. Absolutely. Thank you.